Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for Monday, June 12th, 2023. And as always, it's brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcatenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. We are 52 days away from the NFL, 53 days away from high school football and 75 days away from college football it's gonna feel real close once we get into the 40s man (laughs) that's gonna that's gonna feel like next week once we get into the 40s it's gonna be like we're gonna blink and it's gonna be here dude we're gonna be in the 40s by the end of this week that's crazy that's nuts yeah (laughs) when you hit the 40s man it's like you blink and boom you're you're there it already starts absolutely insane uh, Bryce, today is National Jerky Day. Ooh, yes, yes, absolutely, a thousand times, yes. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge jerky fan. Um, there's a jerky outlet in Tennessee that I frequent that has prime rib jerky flavor. Wow, and it is the best thing I've ever had in my life. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I know there's a place like that up in Helen that we go to all the time. They got. I don't know if they've ever had prime rib because I always try to get like one of the most outlandish animals they could possibly have there. Uh, we get like we get like bear, kangaroo, shark, wombat, just some of the most random stuff ever. Um, bear was terrible. Shark I think was okay. Kangaroo was really good. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge. The only thing I don't like about jerky, Billy, is how expensive it is. It's it's insane yeah. expensive. It's stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. I I used to work for a. Um, a playground company and i had a truck driver that came up one day he was like hey you want to try some of this and i was like okay and he had his he made his own deer jerky oh sweet and it was insanely good oh nice yeah but that was awesome man deer jerky is really good and it's a yeah, lot it cheaper it's a lot cheaper than buying like any of the jerky you get from the convenience store it's like 35 dollars a pack or something it's nuts isn't it insane it's it's, it's, insane. it's horrible yeah it's horrible bryce uh the braves took the weekend series against the Nats, and it, they look good doing it, too. Um, I mean, it just seemed like they couldn't get stopped again. Braves beat the Nats on Friday 3-2. to two. Marcia had two RBIs. Albies had an RBI. Smith Chauver actually looked really strong. He did. He looked really, Bobby really good. Bird, no earned. Two Ks. Yeah, I'll really take that. impressive. I'll take that from a rookie, man. Yeah, he looked, he looked really good. Hitting his spots, nice movement on his pitches. I'm excited to see him, you know, get a couple more starts under his belt. He should be pitching this series at the end of the series against Detroit, too. So it'll be good to see. Um, So that was game one on Friday. Game two on Saturday, Braves beat the Nats 6-4. Acuna had three RBIs, a two-run bomb in the second. Azuna had two RBIs, another two-run bomb in the second. And Riley had the other RBI. Um Jared Schuster had five innings, three three earned, five Ks. Again, the pitching wasn't really what hurt us this weekend um, at all. And they the Braves just continue to play really good baseball. And I, I enjoy 
it's been that pushed the winning streak to seven games on Saturday. Yeah, it was nice to see the Braves get timely hitting uh, Friday and Saturday night. Pitching was good. Pin was good. It was really a complete team win. I mean, we got we got timely hitting. We didn't hit as much as I probably would have wanted on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, but it didn't really matter because you came out with the win, and like you said, it pushed the game or it pushed the winning streak to seven on Saturday night. And I think that was like ten out of the last twelve we've won or something like that. It's a it's nice to see like ever since that players meeting happened in Arizona a couple weeks ago, something's something's changed on this team. Something has seemed to click, and it's kind of funny because it's history repeating itself because last year it was the same thing in the middle of the summer. They were out in, in Arizona, had a team meeting, and that's when we went on that massive run last year. And it's it's kind of funny how history seems to be repeating itself this year with that players meeting out there in Arizona. And ever since then, we've just been rattling off wins. Right, and it's been really, really good wins too. So, um, especially with that sweep of, of the Mets, which have completely fallen off the face of the earth, which is just wonderful to watch. Uh, on Sunday, the Braves fall to the Nats, though, 6-2. to two. Um, Olsen hit a two-run bomb in the first, and that was all she wrote pretty much for the for the offense, for the Braves. Um, and when I say a two-run bomb, that ball, I, I'm not sure has landed yet. It, it was a shot, Bryce. Yeah, I think it landed right around Wahlburgers in the battery. It landed right around there. I'm probably pretty sure. <laughs> it, uh, it cleared the stadium, got into the battery, and traveled all the way to Wahlburgers. That was about it. That was honestly about the only bright spot yesterday as far as the hitting goes. 0 for 4, the runners in scoring position, left 8 on base. Uh, wasn't It wasn't a great Sunday outing for the Braves as far as the bats go, but you can, uh, you, can, you can have a game like that. You can suffer a game like that when you've won games 1 and 2 in the series. You already had the series 1. You go out there, it'd be nice to get a sweep, obviously, but you've, you've already won the series, and that's all you can really ask for, especially when you're playing a division foe. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, Bryce Elder gave up five earned in, in a, just over five innings um, and only had one strikeout. So it was a little bit weird to see that happen. He looked good the first, I want, I want to say, like four innings. He looked fine. And then once he got into the sixth, it just fell apart, and it just did not... It was like two run bomb here, another two run bomb here, and it's like, oh my god, here we go. It almost kind of reminded me of of Mike Soroka's outing in um, er, in uh, the Athletics. In yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Something, uh, something from Bryce has been seems like it's changed a little bit. I don't know. In the past two starts, he's given up four earned runs in that last start versus the Mets, and then five uh, on Sunday against the Nats. He's given up nine earned runs this month and two starts, which is more than he gave up in April and May. And he had we'll see, six starts in May and five starts in April. So that's something to watch out for. I'm not, I'm not saying we should be concerned about it, but it is something to kind of keep on the radar to see if it corrects itself in the middle and late part of June. Braves now six up in the loss column on the Marlins, which is good to see. Um, a little bit of news that I saw last night right before I went to bed that made me really happy, actually. Um, Bryce, did you see the fact that Bally is going to give uh, Brandon Gauden and Jeff Francoeur the Detroit series off? No. Who's going to do it? Ben Ingram and Peter Moylan. What? Who's going to do radio then? 
I guess Jim Powell. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that. That's good. I'm, yeah, oh, sweet. I'm, I'm excited with that. I, I wish that would be, I, I wish Ben Ingram would be the full-time play-by-play person on TV because I'll be honest with you, man, roughly halfway through the season, not a big fan of Brandon Gordon. Really? No. I, I don't mind Brandon Gordon at all. Yeah, I'm um, not a big fan of that guy. Yeah. Did you did you right. see the, uh, the thing? I just saw this on Twitter. I have no idea if this is if this is legit or not. I, I hope I hope it is legit, but it's hilarious. Did you see what Jorge Soler said uh, about hitting home runs? No. Uh, so Jorge Soler, um, let's see. Uh, oh, it said he did not say this. <laughs> I guess it's just one of those spoof funny Twitter accounts. It has a picture of Jorge Soler after he hit two home runs versus the White Sox on Sunday. And he said, I'm not going to stop hitting home runs into the Braves trade for me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was one of those spoof Twitter accounts. Though. That was hilarious. <laughs> well, the good news is the Braves took two or three from the Nats. Also good news, uh, Atlanta United continued to beat up on D.C. this weekend and beat up D.C. United. Yeah, they did, man. It was a uh, it was a clinic, honestly, from Atlanta United. It went up one nothing real quick with a Yakamaki's goal. Uh, somehow he he beat the keeper over on the right side and defied all physics and somehow slotted a ball in past the keeper, past the post, past the defenders. I don't know how he got a shot off, much less a shot on goal, and it just somehow rolled in. Uh, DC United equalized after that, but then the rest of the game was just it was mostly Atlanta United. A lot of the stats were were about 50-50, but at no point did it look like DC United's attack had any teeth and it was threatening us. Uh, we went 3-1. to one. Gigi had a goal. Gootman had a goal. Tyler Wolf had a goal. Nice to see Tyler Wolf and Gootman, honestly, get back on the score sheet. A little stagnant at points from the offense, but it was mainly when we were up 2-1 to one and 3-1, to one, so I, I sort of understand that. You're at home. You want to protect the lead. You want to get three points. You know, I understand that from Gonzalo Pineda's uh, point of view. It was, uh, it was nice to see everybody running around and looking fit. That was one of the things that encouraged me the most. I, don't, I can't tell you the last time that it looked like everybody out there looked, looked fit. Um, I know Almada's picked up a, a bit of a knock, but he, he looked okay. He didn't look, he didn't look like he has early on in the season. Uh, Noah Rougeau out there. I think the offense just flows better when Arugio is not out there. The only really one that I had an issue with in, in the starting 11, uh, Gutman, Parata, Robinson, Lennon were the back not, or the back four. Uh, Ibarra, Wiley, Almada, and Fortune were up there. Fortune played okay. Not great, but he played fine. Yakamaki's up top. Uh, Etienne Jr. over on the right side. That's the only guy really right now that I have a question mark as to why he's starting. I, I just... I don't see the upside to to um, Etienne Jr. starting over on the right side. Honestly, I would much rather see Tyler Wolf start. Not a huge fan of Etienne Jr. Uh, it was kind of funny. They saw a picture of Luis Arujo during the game just sitting there with his socks rolled down, his shorts up, and his feet propped up. No cleats on, uh, no shin guards, no nothing like that. Like You could tell that guy was he's ready to fly down to Brazil. I think he's kind of checked out mentally, and that, that's the reason he hasn't started the past couple of games. Um, Osvaldo Alonso subbed in, which was awesome to see. He hasn't played in the MLS game in like 18 months. He's been, he's sort of Atlanta United's um, Michael Soroka, if you will. He, he's a guy that he was never as good as Michael Soroka, obviously. 
but he was a guy that played for Atlanta United, struggled with injury, has finally gotten back, gone through the rings, done the rehab and all that. He subbed in, looked all right. Uh, stats were shots were 13 to 10 DC. Shots on target were 5 to 4 DC. Possession was 51-49 Atlanta. Key passes were 9 to 8 DC. Expected goals were 1.41 to 0.91 in favor of Atlanta. The three points bring us up to fifth place in the East right now at 28 points. Unfortunately, everybody ahead of us does have a game in hand. We've played 18, and the top four have only played 17, so that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, Yakamakis now co-leads the Golden Boot Race with 10 goals in the season. Brad Guzan's last two matches, he has played absolutely on his head. He has been phenomenal. Has a 92% save rate, is allowing half a goal per game, and the expected goals against him have been 2.25, and he's had 45 accurate passes out of the goalposts. And Atlanta United's active six-game unbeaten streak is their third longest in club history and their longest since the end of the 2021 season. So a lot of positives for Atlanta United going into this international break. So basically since that that one game that I watched where uh, Kuzan looked like absolute dog crap, he's been playing lights out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's okay. yes. Yeah, right there. That's it, right there. Just, just making sure. Yep, yep. That's what it is. When's uh, when's the next five stripes game? Uh, next five stripes game isn't for a while. I believe they're on international break. Yeah, it is until Wednesday, June twenty first. Uh, when we play New York City FC, we are on international break. They have uh, USA plays this weekend. They play this week against somebody. Uh, who do they play against? Mexico. We play Mexico on Thursday at 10 p.m., so that's always a heated rivalry. Okay. Yep. Well, Bryce, as we mentioned, we are about 53 days away from the NFL, or 52 days away from the NFL. Let's talk about the AFC South. Yeah, let's talk about it. This will be the only time all year we talk about these two teams because they'll be largely irrelevant for most of the season. Uh, first, we're going to start off with the Indianapolis Colts. Can a team that was a win away from the playoff berth two years ago reboot and turn the reins over to Anthony Richardson, a guy who didn't even make a full season of starts in college football? The quick answer is no. Uh, the offensive line needs to improve mightily for the Colts this season. The team is built to run the ball but had a tough go of it last season. Additions like Blake, uh, Blake Friedman and Jake Witt through the draft should bolster what's supposed to be the strongest unit for the Indianapolis Colts going into this season. We'll see if that actually happens. They have a good running game with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, but that offensive line has got to open up gaps for him to run in between. On defense, an injury-prone front seven were the downfall to counts the la- uh, that counted last season. The oft-injured DeForest Buckner, Shaq Leonard, and Grover Stewart look to stay on the field more often this season and make a bigger, lasting impact for the Colts. Unfortunately for Colts fans, they are still in rebuild mode, and I'd be shocked if they went better than five and twelve this year. Five and twelve. I don't wow. like the Colts okay. roster at all. I don't. I don't think they're good. Yeah, five and twelve. Uh, but five and twelve would be an upside for the next team, the Houston Texans. Uh, the Texans are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. Although nice pieces have been added on the offensive ball, and it will uh, need to improve the team in 2023. It'll still be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud has been impressive in optional OTAs for the Texans, quickly forming a nice bond with him and former Alabama wide receiver John Mechie III. The key to the Texans' offense will be can uh, Damian Pierce take the pressure off a young quarterback with a solid run game 
And will Laramie Tunsil be able to give Stroud the protection he needs in the pocket to stay confident? That's going to be the key on offense for the Texans. Can they run the ball, and can they keep the quarterback upright? I mean, that's sort of the key to all offenses in the NFL, but that is, that's one of the things this year. They're going to have to keep Stroud clean and upright in the pocket to give him confidence to make some of the throws that we know he can make. Uh, on defense, it's a completely different story. Rookie Will Anderson Jr. joins a group that is arguably the worst defense in the league. Will Anderson and Derek Stingley Jr. are about the only impact players that defense has. Uh, and they didn't get it much better from last year's season worst, uh, or excuse me, league's worst defense. They improved very, very minusculely. They didn't add a lot on the line, didn't add a lot in the front seven, as opposed, uh, aside from Will Anderson Jr. That team is still going to be horrendous this year. They're probably going to have the worst defense in the league. The Texans are awful and young in the wrong spots this season. They're going to be somewhere around 3-14 and 14 this season. They're still in rebuild mode. They have to add a lot more pieces to be competitive. They're still going to be the league's worst team this year, 3-14. and 14. And if they have their number one draft pick for next year, I don't remember what they traded for Will Anderson Jr., uh, but if they do have their own first-round draft pick in 2024, they will be picking first again next year in the NFL draft. Did they have any issues with cap this year? Because I'm kind of curious why they didn't improve. I don't think so. You know I think I mean? they had like $70 million in cap space. That's just, that's ridiculous. Yeah. There's I, no I reason for them not to improve. I don't think they spent a lot of their cap. Um, I think they bumped up to like the minimum amount that they were supposed to supposed to get. Um, uh, yeah, they have, they have almost $30 million in, in cap space right now. Jeez, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I don't I don't know, man. I yeah, I couldn't tell you. But yeah, they have almost thirty million dollars, and right now is the point in time in the off season where you need to be figuring out how to do cap space, you know, gymnastics, and and they have they have almost thirty eight million dollars in cap space. They're good then. They don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Uh, Billy, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from this past weekend on Friday in the NBA championship. The Nuggets beat the Heat to take a commanding 3-1 lead, 108-95. Uh, yeah, they that, did. That, uh, that series might be wrapped up tonight, man. The Nuggets absolutely waffle stomped the Heat on Friday night. In the NL East, the Dodgers fall to the Phillies 5-4. Mets fall to the Pirates 14-7. And the Marlins fall to the White Sox 2-1. On Saturday, the battle for Lordo. The Golden Knights beat the Panthers 3-2. Las Vegas man. leads the series 3-1. How was that game, man? I didn't get to watch any of it. It was back and forth for a good portion of it, and Vegas just put in... Or it was actually 3-1 at one point, and Florida actually got back within a goal, and it was the last probably four minutes of the game were ridiculous, just back and forth. It was awesome. God, I loved it. So hopefully, hopefully the Heat win tonight, and hopefully the Panthers win what Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they play, yeah. uh, and make the series three-two, make it a little interesting. Yep. In the NL East, the Dodgers beat the Phillies nine to nothing. Mets beat the Pirates five to one. Marlins beat the White Sox five to one. On Sunday in the NL East, the Dodgers fall to the Phillies seven to three. Mets fall to the Pirates two to one, and the Marlins beat the White Sox six to five. And one thing that I forgot to mention: Friday night, our good friend Mr. Matt Ridgeway. Him and his driver, Ryan Priest, win the Arkham Menards Cars uh, race at Sonoma Friday night and uh, come Hello, away baby. with a victory. Yeah. yeah. Nice, yeah. Little, nice little win there. I believe he finished 13th yesterday. Uh, almost almost got a top 10. 
uh, on these Smiths. Hey, that's getting close. Yeah. Uh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I, I don't know if Priest is necessarily known as a road course racer either. Uh, I know he's a former dirt track guy. I know he's got a lot of short track experience. I don't know how much road course experience he has, but yeah, getting getting closer for Priest. On the Smiths floor coverings, games and events calendar for tonight in the NBA, the Heat at the Nuggets at 8.30 p.m. Heat try to stay alive up there in Denver. I don't know if they can do it. I think the Nuggets are going to take it home tonight. I think they're going to win it and have a gentleman sweep in the NBA championship and get their first ever NBA champion for the Denver Nuggets. And in the NL East, the Marlins at the Mariners at 9.40 and Phillies at the Diamondbacks at 9.40 as well. And let's not forget the Braves began a three-game set with the Detroit Tigers in Detroit tonight. So, as I mentioned, I believe this was per Mark Bowman from what I saw. Um, ben Ingram and Peter Moylan on the call tonight for Bally or for the series for Bally. Um, I didn't see if I guess I'm guessing it's Jim Powell and uh, and uh, Joe Simpson on the call on the radio side. So that'll be fun. And weird start times for the Detroit series, by the way. Don't don't forget, uh, Monday and Tuesday, they are both 6.40 first pitch, and Wednesday is a 1.10 first pitch. So we have some goofy start times coming up uh, for the Braves here. Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? I need a cup of coffee, pal. I forgot to forgot to pre-make my coffee again last night. It's the worst. Well, that's that's one of the things that happens when you, you play a golf tournament on Sunday and you just completely forget your life. That's very true. Right? That's very true. You come home and you come home and take a nap from uh you know from three PM to nine PM and go back to sleep at eleven PM. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strawn with the Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Nick Taylor becomes the first Canadian in sixty nine years to win his national open. And Bryce holy crap on how he won. That was awesome, man. Fourth playoff hole. Nick Taylor had a 72-foot putt for Eagle <laughs> and sank it to win. Yeah. It was insane. And oh, who was the golfer that ran out there and was pouring champagne all over him and security thought I was a crazy fan? I think it was um, Hadwin. Oh, crap. I don't remember who it was. But after Nick Taylor sunk that Eagle putt and one of his fellow Canadians and one of his best friends, a golfer, ran out there and was pouring champagne over his head. And security thought it was a crazy fan and tackled him to the ground. It was one of the That's most. Awesome. It was one of the most funny scenes I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a great ending to a golf tournament that doesn't get as much publicity as I think it deserves. The RBC Canadian Open is it always puts on a phenomenal, phenomenal show, uh, and it ended with uh, with fireworks last night. God, the betting the betting on Saturday night would have been worth it to make a few extra checkles if you know what i mean oh absolutely ct ct pan and um rory were top two on the betting aspect of things they ended nowhere near so you're talking about plus 500 plus i think to win from saturday night which is awesome yeah, I was, I was, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't cheering for Nick Taylor. It's kind of cool that he won, won the RBC Canadian Open being a Canadian. Uh, like you said, the first time in 69 years that that's happened. I, I was rooting for Tommy Fleetwood. I, I like Tommy Fleetwood a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool to see Nick Taylor win how he did and, and him being a Canadian as well as me. Novak Djokovic wins the French Open in a record 23rd Grand Slam men's title. Yep. Dude is good. No vaccination can hold that guy down. (laughs) 
He's been good, man. He's he's been really good. Uh, receiver DeAndre Hopkins is going to visit the Patriots this week. Where where do you think the most likely or best landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins is going to be this year? I'm assuming DeAndre wants to go to a team that has a shot, right? I would think so. That, that's why this Patriots thing is kind of the Patriots are nowhere near having a shot this year. And if he has a if he wants to go to have a shot, he's also going to have to go somewhere that has a good quarterback. Yep. Yep, and, you, um, and usually those may two or things may not even have a wide receiver, like a, a great wide receiver core, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and you and usually if you're going to go to a team that has a good quarterback that has a shot, they don't have a lot of cap space, so you're not going to get a big contract. Right, you're going to have to be okay with taking on less money. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm exactly with you on the thinking. I thought he was going to go somewhere that maybe a Super Bowl contender or something and, and him visiting the Patriots is the, the Patriots are not a Super Bowl contender I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs um, that was a little odd yeah I, I'll be honest with you like I sat down next to my stepmom last night and she looked at me and they had the USFL on the TV in the living room she goes what the hell is this I was like it's awful it's awful it's is awful. what it is yeah at least <laughs> at least the XFL was entertaining like the XFL was good football the USFL is terrible. It's worse than like middle school football. It's 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 horrible. Not saying middle school football is bad. No, but compared it's to the NFL and mean. stuff, like compared to college football in the NFL, I mean, it's uh, the USFL. I, I see more competence in quarterbacks in middle school around here than I do in some of the quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> USFL. I'm not even, I'm not even joking, man. It's it's bad. It was bad. It was bad yesterday. There and they. I told them that everyone, every game is played in Birmingham, and they're yeah. like what yeah why I'm it's like, ridiculous I, I don't know yeah it's it's terrible it's I, bad why, why am i forgetting so i forgot the x like the usfl and i and the xf and the xfl what's the other league that came out this year that has already played uh, the other pro pro football league i don't know man these things keep popping up i don't i don't remember i don't remember but i heard that that league was actually pretty decent from what i was i remember i don't know I, I, I remember watching the XFL. The XFL was good. But, yeah, it seems like it seems like every single year these spring football leagues pop up. You remember the AAF, the All-American Football? Yes. Yeah. That may, be, may have been it. That was yeah. that was terrible. Atlanta had a team in that one, though. Atlanta did have a team. They were the Atlanta Legends, I think. Um, uh, that, was, that was just as bad as the USFL. That was pretty terrible. And then finally today in 2021, Danish star soccer midfielder, Christian Eriksen suffers an on-field cardiac arrest during Euro 2020 game with Finland and Copenhagen. He revi- he was revived with a defibrillator. Game con- controversially restarts with a one nothing Finland win. That was a scary situation, dude. That was yeah, was. that was terrifying, man. To see him just collapse on the field and his his teammates surround them and his wife sprints out on the field. Yeah, that was um that was really really scary. That was just like the Demar Hamlin situation. Like that was. That was one of those things where you're watching live TV and you're like, did I just witness someone pass away? Like, is that what I just witnessed on here? Yeah. Yeah. Very scary. Glad to see uh, Christian Erickson uh, is, you know, he's back healthy and playing soccer now. He's back on the pitch playing, which is uh, which is great to see. So, yeah, scary moment in his, his, his life. You got anything else for us? Nah, man. Let's get out of here and start our weekend on Monday. How was uh how was Abner's golf tournament? Yesterday? It was good, man. It was fun. We somehow managed to dodge every single thunderstorm that seemed like it uh, enveloped West how Georgia. How did you do that? I don't know. Um, we were on the course at one point, and one of our buddies texted us and said, "Hey, Douglas County just got put under a tornado watch." 
Um, and I was like, well, luckily we're in Paulton County, so we're completely good. I don't know. It, it, it thundered and lightened for a little bit, rained a little bit, but it was never bad enough for us to go into the clubhouse. So we got, we got extremely lucky. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I guess God is a golf fan. Well, happy birthday to Abner. When is his birthday? July. Oh, he yep. just has it now. All yeah, right. it was. It, we were trying to figure out what the best dates were for every. Because I mean, he had 16 people uh, that were all together. So it, we, we were trying to figure out the best date for everybody to get together. You know, 16 people, all with families and kids and all that stuff. And this was the yesterday was the best date we could get everybody everybody together on one date and playing golf. Okay. Yep. Good deal. For Bryce Farling, I am Billy Lindahl. We will talk to you all Tuesday. Same time. Same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake them!